Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Part of our con- congregation, this serving now, even now. Uh, they, are, they are serving at 11 o'clock on the third Sunday of each month. We have a group that goes over to uh, the Jefferson House. And the Jefferson House uh, is a, they, 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 we have, I guess they, it's not everyone's older because they have some young people there and they provide food. We provide uh, also a whole service, just like we're having now. We're having a service, Cornerstone's having a service at the Jefferson House, and, uh, but they, they do eat after service, and, and we're not going to eat today after service, but, but they, they do do that. Uh, we have worship. Jack Van Gerp leads the worship. He's normally standing about right there, but on the third Sunday, he's leading worship over there. And we have someone bringing a message, and uh, we have someone praying for people after the service and, and feeding people. So it's a, it's a marvelous opportunity. And people ask me one time, so why do you do it on Sundays? Because you're taking part of the congregation and you're serving somewhere else. It would be better if they were in service here. Well, God calls us to serve. And so they don't have a Sunday service because most of them can't go, go to a Sunday service. So we take Sunday service to them. And so we've been doing that now for years now, and we'll continue to do that. So we, we do other things other than uh, Miriam House or different things like that. But if you have things that you would want to uh, get us involved in, let us know, and that'll be good. Now we're ready for the Word of God. Uh, if you would lower my uh, microphone just a little bit, that'll be great. We just had a guest speaker. Ben Goodman last Sunday, and we had a uh, what we called a Freedom Weekend uh, last weekend. It started on Friday night, went uh, from nine till about two thirty on Saturday. It was a marvelous time, and you, we have the audio on our website, cornerstonelynchburg.com. You can you can listen to them, and if you need the uh, booklet, we have a booklet that you can. You can also uh, ask the, just, just uh, all you have to do is just email the church and ask them to send you a, one of the bo- uh, booklets that we use, and you can follow right, right along. So we do have these available also. Uh, so I want you to partake of it even if you were not able to attend. Today's message is the last part message. We did a four-part message before. This is the fifth one and the final one on a series that's called if the sun makes you free. If the sun makes you free. So this is the last message of that series. And I want to let you know that freedom is very important. It's very important to God because he paid a price for our freedom. And we want to not only be free, but we want to help other people be free also. The title of the message today uh, is, We Are Not going to have a double standard. We are not going to have a double standard. And it is very important as we're talking about the ending message of, of, of our Freedom Weekend because the enemy, enemy wants us to be uh, people that are religious 
that talk but don't walk the walk. That's what he wants. And he wants to uh, ruin our testimony to the outside uh, world that there's a double standard between those who are in the church and those who are outside the church. There's a double standard on Sunday than it is on Monday. That's what he wants. And we are not going to allow uh, a double standard in our lives because the enemy wants to have his way. We're not going to allow him to have his way with us. We're just not going to do it. And we want to start off uh, the, the message by turning to uh, John chapter 8. Let's go there. And let's look at a double standard that was interesting in Scripture, and we're not going to do this. In verse 1, the backdrop of this is that they have just finished the, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the people went to their homes. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And verse 2 says, Early in the morning... He came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman, and the scribes are the ones who uh, they, 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 they would write out the, the scriptures, and they, they would also teach, and the Pharisees, they, they were the religious group they, they would teach. And it says that they, the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And and then this this means that this woman, they went and got this woman, and they wanted to do this because they wanted to catch Jesus in doing something that he was not supposed to do against the law because they didn't like Jesus. They hated Jesus. And having set her in the center of the court. Now just imagine they are, he's in a temple. They bring in a, in a woman, and they set her in the midst of the court, meaning that Jesus is right there. Now, that, if we fast forward here, that means that it's like somebody will open the doors, I'm teaching, and they'll bring a woman out and stand her right here in front of the whole congregation, in front of me, and they are saying, they said to, the, to him, teacher. Now, let's stop there. Now, this group, they don't like Jesus. They are, they are giving him a title that they don't even believe themselves. They are saying, teacher. They wouldn't dare even, even want to listen to Jesus, less known to call him a teacher, but this is, this is the double standard we're talking about. We're talking about hypocrisy. We're talking about somebody who talks one thing but walks another thing. And they said that, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. So that means that they have, they, they, they have, it's like preconceived this thing. They have already stationed some people out. They know what goes on, and, and then they say, we're going to drag her out of that bedroom, right into this synagogue. 
Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? Now, now, now you, you kind of get the tone of how, how they're, they're doing this thing. Now, are they really concerned about the law of Moses? Hold your place right there on your electronic devices. <laughs> Our Bible, turn to Leviticus uh, 20, chapter 20, verse 10. Let's go there. And, and, and let's see what's going on here because the law of Moses, they, they're, they're, they, they, they're going from the Old Testament, of course, the law of Moses. And it says in verse 10, if there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and adulteress, the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Now, adulteress and adulterer to me is a male and a female. That's what the that's what the law of Moses says. They let's turn back over here to John. They said they're saying here. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, do you think they just don't know the word of God? Do you think this man paid them? And say, hey, don't take me, uh, you know, I got, um, cause you know, they, they, they were, the, the, the Pharisees, they were, um, they were the type that lusted out the money also. Or do you think they didn't care? What do you think? Why would they bring the woman and not the man? Because they are so concerned about the law of Moses being carried out. Seemly. What do you think? Now, I I don't think they care one bit about this woman or the man committing adultery. I don't know. I don't think, I I don't think they care. Whether they'll commit adultery every day, I don't think they care. I think that what they cared about was trying to catch Jesus in a sin against the law to try to accuse him and to try to do harm to him. That's what I thought. That's what I think. And so it, it doesn't matter whether we carry out all the law of Moses or not. All we need is just this woman here. They were saying this testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But they, but when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them. Now, what does the law of Moses really say? It says that you take both people and you stone both of them. 
That's what it says. Jesus knows what's in their heart. Don't you know that people know a lot of times what's in our heart, and they don't want hypocrisy. They want compassion. They want justice. They want righteousness. They, they, they want these things from those who say that they are religious, church schools, or whatever. And he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, why is he saying this? Because he knows that in the law, that whoever witnessed a crime, whoever witnessed something, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be uh, established, that that witness has to be the first one to throw a stone to execute justice. He knows that. And also, they know that, let's say in, in Kings, First Kings chapter 8, verse 4 to 6, it says that that's, that's when Solomon was praying to God. And he said, if we sin, Lord, if your, your people sin, then uh, would you... And he, then he made a statement, and no man is without sin. No man is without sin. They know that there is no man without sin. They knew that they were sinners. They knew that. Even though they wouldn't own up to it, they thought they were righteous. And so he says, let the first one, let, let, let one, one that, that, that hasn't sinned, Throw the first stone. Now that, that was that was you know that was the Holy Spirit. You, you know that was it's all God saying that. Because now what are they gonna do? Because from the oldest to the youngest, usually the, the oldest ones have to be the first one to do something, and the young ones are gonna look to them. And it says here, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. So he's, gonna, he's just going to wait. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one. They're leaving the temple, one by one. Beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone. And the woman where, where she was in the center of the court. Straightened up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. Did he agree with her sin? No. Did he have compassion? Yes. He knew it was sin, but he knew why they brought her. Brought her there. And we have to use compassion on people, but we have to be just also. Is this very important? And people will use this verse a lot of times, say, well, don't judge me. Don't judge me. And you say, well, I'm not judging you. Well, well you know, it says in the Bible, don't judge. 
Yeah. Well, it says in the Bible, too, that we're supposed to judge, too, uh, because we're supposed to distinguish between right and wrong. Uh, we're not supposed to be around uh, characters that, that are, are evil companions. Uh, they, they'll spoil good manners. Uh, we know that, that in, a, in a church situation, you can't continue to have sin in a congregation. You had to, you had to, you had to put that person out. If they won't, if they won't repent, they won't. They're gonna keep doing that. You got to put them out. So it's just one of those things that that you're gonna judge, but not unrighteous judgment. That's important. We're not gonna judge unrighteously. We're gonna have compassion though. But we're not going to have a double standard, are we? And see, the Pharisees they had a double standard because we know they are sinners. We know that. Because they should have brought the man and the woman. So that's sin already. In addition to them trying to uh, catch Jesus in something, and he, he hadn't sinned, he hadn't done anything, because they just didn't like him, because he represented something they weren't. Now, he, they are sinners. So, but they are, they are hypocrites. We are not going to be that way. So, I wanted to take that example. Now let's take it to the freedom that we've been talking about. Because God has set us free, has he not? Yes, he set us free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. So we know we are free, but we have to also realize that we do have some areas that we need freedom in. We've been set free by Jesus Christ, from the power of darkness, and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, but we need to be free from areas that we've talked about these last four messages and also in, in the uh, spiritual weekend. Uh, we went through a lot of things there. And we need to do three things so that we won't be having a double message. We want to Get free in areas, stay free, and grow in freedom. Three things. Okay, let's talk about those things. Get free. What do I need to get free of? Well, in, in this uh, little booklet, we went through a lot of things during the Freedom Weekend, and you can do the same thing. And those who were here, uh, we know that we still have to take these things and we have to continually go over them. We had to go deeper. Because one was like breaking strongholds. How many of you have strongholds in our lives? A lot of people, a lot of us. Breaking curses. Emotional freedom. We need to be free emotion, emotionally. Uh, from demonic influence. Those are four things that we went over, and you can do that right here. We need to get free in areas. And I know uh, what I'm talking about because one of the things that, that um, uh, we were going over, I said, okay, you know, I need to break this area in my life, uh, and I know it's going to take a lot of work, and I know it can't be done just here 
in this weekend because we have some time where it's okay you can spread out, get into places and, and uh, by yourself, or you can have some one of the uh, prayer people to come alongside to help you uh, to confess sins and things like that. And and one of the things that I was thinking about, I said, you know, I need to be broken free of of the want to be a people pleaser. Have you ever known people that's, that's a people pleaser? There's a lot of people that are people pleasers. Uh, that's why a lot of teenagers they they they, they sin. They they don't do things that they do things that their parents have told them not to do uh, because of peer. We call it peer pressure. But it's not peer pressure, really. It's nobody putting pressure on them a lot of times. They want to be like their, they want to be liked. They want to be like everybody else. And, and a lot of times, they would do things because they're trying to please people. Please a young man. Please a young lady. Please their, their, all their, all their, their little friends. Well, I'm not trying to please uh, my wife. Uh, because, you know, we're going to please each other anyway. Uh, that's not the issue. The issue is, in my life, is, is, is sometimes I'm trying to be everything for everybody. In other words, um, you, you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. In this congregation, any congregation, there are a multitude of, of uh, people who have Ideas about how things should be done. Do you know what I'm talking about? And what I tried to do a lot of times is please all of them. Now, we know that that doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work even in music. If, if you, uh, you don't want to hear all kinds of music, you might like country, you might like this, you might like that. But if somebody played one song, they're playing this one song, they're playing that one. You want to find your station that plays everything you like, you know, or you get your own music, you know. Uh, and and see what I do, a lot of times is, okay, how can I do this? Let me give you a a, a, a specific example. Back in the, in 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 the eighteen, seventeen, sixteen years ago. Um, I've been pastoring for 18 years in the church. But, but what happened was that we had a group of people who they had been to revival in different places, you know, they, they were young people. And they came to Cornerstone, and I said, Ooh, praise God, we got a lot of young people, you know, we got people who are excited about Jesus Christ, you know. They were excited about, about Jesus. And they said, Let's do some of the things they were doing that caused revival to come to those places, whether it be Toronto, whether it be whatever. And I said, what are they doing? And they said, okay, we got uh, swords. We got staffs. And, 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 and let's do that. I said, oh, my goodness. I talked to the elders. They said, oh, no, please, no, 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 no. And so I said, well, Let's do it. Let's do it because uh, they're excited about Jesus Christ. Why, why just, you know, squelch their, 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 their excitement about Jesus Christ? So I want you to imagine now we're praising. We're praising like they were praising this morning. And we got a group of people lined up across here with swords, 
they were wooden stores, though, that made wooden stores. Staffs, and they were beating them. And like we'll be clapping, they'll be beating swords. It's like, like you in Africa, you know, they was just beating, boom, boom, boom on the floor. Okay? Uh, they were excited, though, now. Now, remember, you're a guest coming in the cornerstone. Okay? And you got these people, oh, with their staffs, and they boom, boom, boom with staffs on, on the, on the, after the worst of time, you know, everybody sit down and we greet one another. Here's some little kids. They run up. Hey, sticks. They grab the sticks and they run. I mean, and, and their, their little friend chasing them, trying to get the stick. And they get the swords. You'll guess now. you guess. You'll probably say, well, hmm. How long this service is going to last so, so that I can never come back to that place, you know? But I, I allowed it. I allowed it. Honestly, I did. I allowed it. Uh, because I was trying to please this group. Do you know you can't please everybody? Honestly, you can't please everybody. Uh, and that's one of my weaknesses. That's one of my weaknesses, trying to please everybody. Now, you said, well, aren't you trying to please God? Yes, I'm trying to please God. But see, then you said, well, is God pleased with a group that is really excited about him? Uh, yeah, I think he's pleased with that. Well, then are you going to make room for them? You see, and are you going to make room for this other group? They don't like staffs. They don't want swords. So now how are you going to please both groups? Oh, now that's a problem. See, see you see my dilemma. Now you multiply that about about four or five times. You see, now it begins to be a situation where I I don't sleep well, you know, all that type type of thing. So I had to come to the conclusion I just can't please everybody. So therefore, I'm going to try to please God. And if God, you know, uh, if God's not enough for everybody, then so be it. So be it. But I still have to deal with this issue in me. Okay? Now, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about that we have to be free ourselves and be in the process of getting free because I believe that many of us have issues that, as they say, if the truth be told, that You'll say, yes, I, ha- I have an issue. I have an issue with this. Uh, yeah, I have a problem in this area right here. All I'm saying is that let's not act like that we are holier than thou, that the, the world out there, the unsaved, they have the issues. They need to be free. We are free because Jesus Christ has set us free, and therefore I don't need to do anything. No, I think you need to do something. You need to get free, and you need to stay free, and you need to grow in your freedom. I need to get free in areas I need to, and I need to grow in my freedom. Okay, and and I and I told you, and I'm I am working. I am working on it because the worship team. I think I I think somebody. Is trying to play games with me because 
when's the, when's the, there's a light switch is up again. And I said, okay, I know that must be Jackie. I know that's probably Jackie playing with me. Say. But see, I'm working on the issue. I don't care if it's up. I don't care if it's down. You know, as long as the light's out, when I go out, I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm working on it. Even though I say, well, later in the day, I come back, I'll put this back down and say, okay. <laughs> but, you know, even when I told you those things, I'm working. I'm working on things. The, the, you know, the bathroom tissue, uh, my daughter changed it again uh, in there. Uh, but I left it that way. I left it that way. Now, when I put it on, I put it the way I wanted to put it on. But I'm leaving it the way it is because I'm working on my issues, right? I'm working on being free from being, uh, I just got to have it this way. Can you imagine uh, going into a public restroom and you're going to have to take the thing off and change it up just because you? This is crazy, right? Going to somebody's house, you know, you got particular, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Get free, stay free, grow in your freedom. But we also, while we're doing this, we're also going to help somebody else get free, stay free, and grow in their freedom. Um, but I don't want to be a hypocrite and, and have a double standard and, and just be like, you need to do this, you need to do that, and act like I don't have any issues at all. We don't want to do that, okay? Because that's, that's pride. And we are not into pride. We're into humility. Okay? Very important. Very important. Let's look at a, at a scripture when we say, uh, get free. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Therefore, keep standing firm. That means constant. That means persevering. And do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. What is it saying? It's saying God has set us free. But you're going to have to stay free. Stay free. And grow in your freedom. Stay free. Stand firm. Don't be subject again to any yoke or bondage. Now, of course, he was talking to the Galatians about an issue uh, that the Judaizers were trying to get them to, um, they, have to they have to do some of the Jewish laws, circumcision, they had to do this, they had to do that in order to be free. And, and Paul said, no, 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 you didn't start that way. So why are you going to go back that way? So the issue is that we are going to stay free and we're going to grow in our freedom. That's very important. Let's go to another scripture that's very important. How am I going to stay free and grow in my freedom? We know how we're going to get free. We're going to we're going to get this little booklet. It's going to tell us seven steps that we can use in any area. We're going to get before God. We're going to let the Holy Spirit, you know, show us some issues. 
and then we're going to deal with those things and allow God to move us from where we are to where he wants us to be. In Romans chapter 12, let's go there, it tells us a very important thing there, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world. See, if we, if we conform to the world, if we let the world press us into its, its, its mold, then what will happen is that we're going to get in bondage. We're going to definitely get in bondage because the world system, uh, ruled by the prince of this world, Satan, he's going to, He's going to have certain ways of doing things. The world system has certain ways of doing things. And so anytime, if you, if you want a, a, a bunt cake, the women already know they're going to, they're going to have, they got to have a bunt pan. Is that right? And you're going to pour the dough into that bunt pan and it's going to come out looking just like the pan, right? And so the world is trying to pull us into the world system pan to make us come out like the, like, like they are and God says, no, you're not going to be pressed into their form, that's mean, that's conform, to the world's bunt pan, but you're going to be transformed like a butterfly. You're going to be metamorphosized. You're going you're gonna to go from where you are to more where God wants you to do, but it's got to be by the renewing of your mind. It's got to be by the renewing of your mind. You can't renew your mind to the world system, you got to renew your mind to the word of God. That's the only way we're going to prove what is good, what is uh, acceptable, what is the perfect will of God is, because he's the one that put the Bible together. He's the one who, this is his word. So it's impossible for me to stay free, to grow in my freedom, if I'm not transformed, if I'm not in the process of being transformed on a daily basis. If, 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 if I'm going to be conformed and not transformed, I'm going to get in bondage again. But if I'm in the process of being transformed by the renewal of my, my, my mind daily, I'm going to stay free. And I'm going to grow in my freedom. Because it, 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 those of you who, who, like, who like the outside, you know, who like to camp out, who like to do, you know, canoeing, who like to do kayaking, you know, Joe uh, Bundov, you know, uh, all of you people who something might be wrong with you like that kind of stuff. But, you know, anybody who like that, you're going to have to get in a, in a river, you got, you got in order to do that thing. And let me tell you, I don't know anybody who gets in a river, and, and they don't have to roll, don't have to do that, and they float upstream, upstream. Do you know anybody do that? Everybody gets in a boat, they float where? Downstream. If, if, you're, not, if you're not rowing, that's the only way you're going to get upstream. You're going to float with the flow of the current, right? Well, that's, what, that's, that's the world system. If we are not being transformed by the renewing of our mind, that's rowing. Okay? 
then we're going to float with the current of the world system. And we're going to get in bondage. Okay? We have to be transformed. We have to be transformed. And I cannot look at this word with tinted glasses on, with shades on. I have to come to this word and have clarity and say, God, what are you saying? So I have to really rightly divide this word of God in order to be transformed. Because if I come to this word of God with preconceived ideas already, that's what I mean by with shades on or tinted glasses on, I already know what, 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 what I've been taught. I already know what I believe. So when I read, if it doesn't agree with what I, 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 I believe, I just read right on over it. Because that's, that's the way I used to read the Bible. I mean, I didn't even see stuff that I didn't believe in. I only saw what I believed in. And I don't know how that happens, but it just happens. And I'm telling you that just take Elder Sam's class, which is on Wednesday night from 7 o'clock to 8.30. I believe this one it is, isn't it? Uh, 7, 8.30. Uh, because he's, he, he, he's teaching on how to study the Bible. Okay? How to study the Bible. And why is that important, how to study the Bible? Because if you don't know how to study the Bible, what you read and what you live going to be two different things. Honestly. And you can say, I believe in the Word of God. I believe it's true. But your life is going to be lived by what you actually believe by what is in this mind. Because our mind has been conditioned by the world system. Our mind been con- been, been, been conditioned by, uh, it, it could be like this church. I tell anybody, I've been telling for 18 years now, do not believe what I say if what I say doesn't match this word of God. Don't believe. Matter of fact, everything that I say, go back and read it. I put my, I put my messages, my notes, online. And so you can go back. You don't have to take notes in if you don't want to. You can go back and just download it off the off our website, and you have my notes. And you can read it and see whether it's true and see whether it's in the right context or not because it's got to be in the right context too. Okay? That's very important. Otherwise, you're not going to believe it. It's important for us to abide in the Word of God. Let's end up in John, the Gospel of John, where we started at uh, five weeks ago in our first message, John chapter 8, verse 31. Let's go there. Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, that word continue means the same word as abide. That means to remain steadfast. That means that you're not going anywhere. 
you and his word become like one. You abide in his word. You continue in his word. You're remaining in his word. You're steadfast in his word. You're immovable in his word. You're firm in his word. Then you are truly my disciples. So if I'm saying I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, but don't abide in his word, then I'm really not. It says in verse 32, and you will know the truth. And that truth that I know, what is going to happen? It will set or make me free. So if I want to get free, I have to know what the word says. If I want to stay free, I have to know what the word says. If I'm going to grow in my freedom, I have to know what the word says. Not only do I have to know it, but I have to live it. I have to live it. That's when I'm going to get free in areas, stay free in areas, and grow in my freedom. And I won't be a hypocrite. I won't be uh, having a double standard, in other words. Because you know people who have double standards, don't you? You, you know, you have, you have done it many times to your children, maybe. Or, no, let's say, you have heard somebody say to their children, do as I say. Don't do as I do. Because the children say, yeah, but they, 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 you, you do that. Hey, don't just do what I say. Don't be doing what I do. Just do, you're not old enough to do what I do. You just do what I say. Come on. We know how long that's going to last, right? In your presence. If they get outside of your presence and they get an opportunity to do what you do, they will do what you do. You just won't know about it. Right? Or if they get old enough to do what they want to do, then they'll do what they want to do, which is what you were doing. So I'm telling you, I don't want a double standard, and it starts at home. I don't want a double standard with my wife. I don't want a double standard. I don't want to stand up here and, and know, know that I'm supposed to be a certain way towards my wife. I know I'm supposed to lead my wife. I know I'm supposed to love my wife. I know I'm supposed to provide an atmosphere for her to grow in her giftings for God, but yet I don't do that. I don't want to have a double standard, but I want it done for me. I don't want a double standard. I don't want my kids to, hey, you, you, you need to obey. You need to obey your parents. Well, the same scripture tells the adults to obey those in authority over you. Doesn't it? And they say, well, well, hey, well, why do you speed? Who says something about speeding? I was talking about you being obedient to your parents. Don't be, uh, you know, Saying something about me while I speak, you know. Uh, the police didn't get me, did he? As <laughs> long as I'm five miles over speed limit, then you know, I'm okay. Okay. Double standards. We are going to be a people that we're not going to have double standards, are we? Okay. Now, I'll. I know that you said, well, that message was not good because you, you, you stepped on my toes. 
you know, it, it, I'm telling you, the enemy does not want us free. He doesn't want us free. He doesn't want us to stay free. And you can have all the freedom weekends you want to. Uh, but if we don't get in this word and renew our minds, we're going to still be in bondage in areas. Okay? And I'm not going to allow it to happen uh, to me, and I'm not going to allow it to happen to you if you'll walk with me in the process of us all getting free. Okay? We're going to walk together. I, I want somebody to with me in this thing. Okay? Are you all with me? Okay. Ten people. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.